hello and welcome to The Blurb, an improvised show where three amazing improvisers live on the spot create an entire story from only reading the blurb of a book. Everything is made up as we go along. Nothing is scripted or prepared beforehand, which I'm sure you'll notice. <laughs> you can find us on Instagram at The Blurb Official. And if you want to contact us, please do so at theblurbpod at gmail.com. If you like the show, please make sure to subscribe, rate, and leave us a review and share it with your friends. My name is Saras de Winter, and here with me is Greg Baxter. Hello there. And Adrian Lane. Good evening. <laughs> hello, hello. How are we doing today? I'm, I'm fantastic. I am really good. Greg, how are you? I'm pumped. Yeah, I'm really good, mate. <laughs> uh, um, yeah. Uh, I feel excited. It's a, it's a new podcast, mm-hmm. new dreams, new expectations, <laughs> new, dreams, new dreams, yeah. man, new dreams. Um, yeah, it's going to be extraordinary. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's hope so. Oh, absolutely. Um, what do you guys have like favorite books that you go back to and read again? Or question. Hmm. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna say I I don't. <laughs> um, I mean, you know, there's there's those self help books which are, <laughs> they're good, which yeah. are always mm. easy to read again. Um, but <laughs> what kind of self help? What do you need help with? Um, how not to lose your shit every day. <laughs> <laughs> Just the use, you know, how to act normal when you're not. <laughs> how to be human. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't know if I've gone back to any books that I normally just read them and then like move on. Really, I don't. I know, but, like, but I know it's a big thing with people. They like to reread stories and stuff. And um, yeah, I'm just trying to think. Yeah, always moving forward. Always just. <laughs> Always on the go. Never looking back. (laughs) Always never looking back. (laughs) On to the next story. Uh, yeah, mm. I had a bit of a book buying splurge recently. Okay, and um, I got I got some um, Albert Camus. Oh, uh, yeah, got bought some of that and um, the plague. I mean, then then and the fall, <laughs> which is really good. Right. Um, but yeah, yeah. What about you, Sarah? Uh, no, I'm also going to say I'm one of those, like, move on. Where's the group of people that just don't look back <laughs> and we just keep moving forward? Yeah, although I did read a very, very good book last year that I'm planning to read again because it's, it is probably wow. the best book I've read. And it's called uh, A Little Life. I forget who the author is, but that is now my favorite book. So, so I'm, yeah, I think maybe that'll be my gateway into getting back to rereading books. Well, I, I have, I have plans to read books again. Yes. I mean, if we're talking about plans, I've got plenty of plans to read them again. Fair enough. All right, guys, should we get uh, right into today's blurb and see if we can make up a story? Yes, please. All right. Um, here we go. When her loving, free-spirited grandmother Primrose passes away, Victoria is bereft, yet resilient. She has survived tragedy before. But even her strength is tested when a mysterious woman attends Prim's funeral and claims to be the mother Victoria thought was dead. 
As the two women get to know each other and Victoria begins to learn more about her past, it becomes clear that her beloved grandmother had been keeping life-changing secrets from her. Desperate for answers, she still struggles to trust anyone to tell her the truth. To live a full and happy life, Victoria knows she must not only uncover the truth, but find a way to forgive her family. But after so many years, is trusting them even possible? Whoa. Family drama. I know. Talk about it. Whoa. All right, Victoria and an estranged, thought-to-be-dead mother. Yeah. And Victoria was raised by her grandmother, Primrose, yeah. who dies. She was very and... loving, free-spirited as well, that mm. grandmother. Yeah. And then this woman turns up claiming to be her mum that she thought was dead. Whoa. Mind blown. <laughs> All right. All right. Let's um, go. Let's give it a go. Okay. See you on the other side. Just do this. On the morning of the funeral, Victoria is standing at the grave. She's there before anyone else turns up. And it's a beautiful, sunny day in the churchyard. She's there thinking about her grandmother, Primrose, how she's always cared for her, how she was so happy, so loving, and everything a sort of mother would want to be. Because Primrose was not Victoria's mother. She was her grandmother. She never knew her mum. She thought she died just after um, Victoria was born. And there was no dad on the scene either. She was there just before everyone else. But all of a sudden, she sees a woman walking towards her. Ah, uh, one of the mourners, she thinks. I've never seen it before. She's not one of Primrose's friends. She walks up to her and stands right next to her, which she thinks is a bit weird because, you know, personal space and everything. But she lets it slide. Everyone deals with grief their own way. <laughs> and as they're there waiting for the other mourners to arrive, Victoria decides to break the silence and talk to this mysterious woman. Hi, I'm, I'm Victoria. By the way, I don't know if you know me. I'm, I was Primrose's um, granddaughter. Hi. Yes, I, 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 I do know you. Oh, well, of sorts. <laughs> um, my name's Marjorie. Marjorie. Hi. Hello. How did you know Prim? Well, this may come as a bit of a shock to you. And um, I, I, I don't know why I'm telling you this at a funeral. <laughs> but... Please. Hey. <laughs> As I've said to many other people, we all deal with grief in our own way. And if you want to just tell me some real inappropriate stuff, it's fine. It, any other time it would be a bit weird, but now go for it. Okay. I'm glad you, <laughs> I'm glad you feel that way. Victoria, I am your mother. <laughs> You're a comedian. That's how you know Prim, because she used to book comedians. You're, I mean, it's a bit of a, like, because my mum died when I was quite young and I didn't really know her. It's a bit of a dark, kind of a sick <laughs> joke, but it's fine. Victoria, no, I'm telling you the truth. I'm your mother. I'm Primrose's daughter. If you are my mother, then you have the tattoo on your wrist. Show it to me. And Marjorie flashes the tattoo of a pierced almond. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. You are my mother. My mum, who loved pierced almonds so much, she had them tattooed to her wrist. Oh my God, it's today of all days. What happened? I thought you were dead. I know, it's, it's a long story, obviously. <laughs> really long. <laughs> I'm 30 years old. I'm going to do for three decades. <laughs> why, why don't we go home and uh, 
I'll, I'll tell you all about it. So they did. Leaving the funeral. <laughs> <laughs> like we say, we all deal, deal with grief in, in our own way. Absolutely. Primrose's house was a lovely little cottage in the Sussex Downs. One of those ones you see on the box of tinned boiled sweets. <laughs> there was a lovely thatched roof with a big wide porch and a lovely old oak beamed wood property. Something out of the past. It was an amazing... <laughs> indefinite past. In the indefinite past. It was an amazing place to live. <laughs> they go through the door and on the walls are all the pictures of Primrose and Victoria doing all the fun things like chess club, going to hear Tony Benn speak at a rally because Prim was a proper lefty and she loved <laughs> everything about left-wing politics. They go to the kitchen where Victoria makes Marjorie a cup of tea. They sip on it whilst trying to think about where to start this 30-year relationship that hasn't happened. Where do they begin? How can Victoria trust her again? She's 30 years old, been married once, divorced. <laughs> <laughs> Why, of all days, would Victoria come back and make herself known on the day of Primrose's funeral? I hope you don't mind. There's honey in the tea. Oh, it's just the way I like it. Thank you. It's the way we all like it in the in the Vanderbilt house. <laughs> We've got um, Dutch ancestry from, from the war, I think. Why have you come back today? Well, I didn't know where to find you. I've been living underground for <laughs> the best part of 30 years. Wow. I've been one of the mole people. I've been reading about those guys in the news. They're the environmentalists, aren't they? Well, yes, I guess you could call us that. Who live underground? We do, we do live underground, yes. But most of us um, have troubled pasts. And we found a community down there. And it's quite musty. <laughs> I would imagine. Yeah, I can imagine it being musty under the earth. Yes. So um, that's why you left me. To go and live this crazy environmentalist underground musty life with all you and your crazy friends. And you left me here with, with my nan. I, I needed you, Mum. I needed you. I know. When I wanted to stay, Victoria, you have to believe me. And I hate to speak ill of the dead, but <laughs> the reason I had to go underground <laughs> was your grandmother, Primrose. Whoa. Okay. Time out. She was a saint. Don't ever talk about her like that. I mean, and where's my dad? I don't know anything about my dad. Who's this stranger? Just then, there's a knock at the door. <laughs> I beg go answer this. Hello? Hello, Victoria. My name is Mark. Mark Vanderbilt. I'm your father. Victoria faints to the ground. <laughs> Two hours later, she wakes up seeing Marg... Mar Marge? Marge. Sure, let's call him Marge. Let's call him Marge, right on. Marge and... Mark. Marge and Mark. <laughs> Leaning over her. They've laid her out on the chaise lounge in the living room. <laughs> of course, the Vanderbilt have a chaise lounge. <laughs> oh, my God. What happened? You fainted, young girl. Oh, my God. Mark, I haven't seen you in, well, yes, 25 I years. I've been hiding on the above ground. Some... <laughs> 
From Primrose, of course. <laughs> of course. What do you mean, of course? You make it sound like she's some evil overlord person. Well, I was at the funeral. Plenty of secret service were there because, you know, Primrose wasn't a lefty as she said she was. What? Well, Victoria, you better sit down. We don't want you to faint again. <laughs> Marge, honey, you better tell the bad news about Primrose. All right. Now, the reason I had to leave, well, the reason we both had to leave is that Primrose... (laughs) 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 Um, Primrose was involved with some very bad people. Yeah, she was um, she was plotting an attempt again to kill the prime minister. Jesus, because the prime minister had was going to go make the country go green. Yes. Yeah, and you guys, being the mole people, are all about being green. Yeah. I'm trying to put two and two together. Yeah, you're doing well. <laughs> <laughs> My head really hurts. So what's what's so what's the deal now, guys? What are we going to do? So the secret aid service, what they're going to come here and try and get you guys. You guys are fugitives, obviously. Yes, it was silly of me to come to the funeral. Obviously, they've spotted me now. <laughs> I think we'd better get out of here, otherwise the Secret Service are going to come and... And with that, there was a knock, knock, knock on the door. Victoria peeked through the curtain, the nice chintzy <laughs> curtains, and she sees a gang of Secret Service men and women outside the door. They're outside. We've got to get out. Is there a way we can get out without going through the back or the front? Of course. Primrose has the trap door. Oh, the trap door. <laughs> Wait, you've, what? You've never been down there? Marge, you, you better show our daughter the way. The three of them hurry into the living room underneath one of the big Moroccan carpets. <laughs> the, there's a secret door. And they open it, look down a big black hole <laughs> with a tiny ladder. And they all hurry down the hall, close the... What, what, the, what do you call the door to a hole in the ground? Hatch? A hatch. Yeah. Like in the like last. <laughs> the hatch. Yeah. Oh, okay. They close the hatch and uh, they find themselves underground where Marjorie is very comfortable. <laughs> Marge, I can't really see and it smells really musty down here. I mean, it's quite overpowering. I don't know. Is there any special goggles that I can wear or... Here, you can use my uh, headlight <laughs> light lamp. Oh, the headlight. <laughs> i heard of these. <laughs> Let me just switch this on. Oh, my God. It's amazing. There's a, there's a railway tunnel. There's, I can see lights up in the distance. Is that what I think it is? That's where we're off to. Yes. The underground mole town. <laughs> <laughs> Here comes the train now. Let's get on. <laughs> And as they do, they hop on the flatbed train and whistle their way down the hole until they reach the mole town that's underground. Home of the Mole Alliance. (laughs) They want the whole world to start living a new, greener way of life. And they do it by extreme measures. (laughs) As, As they go through the town, Victoria sees pictures of Marge and Mark on the wall. They're praised as heroes to the cause. And as they go through on the train, people are pointing and staring and cheering. And they finally pull into Mole Town Station. <laughs> are you guys like heroes or something? This is insane. I saw your pictures on the, they painted on the walls. Well, <clears throat> we are king and queen of Mole Town. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. You're royalty, my love. <laughs> You're the first in the line to the throne. <laughs> I cannot 
believe this is happening. I'm a, I'm a princess. You are. And we will treat you like one. No, please do not treat me like a princess. I want to be treated like everyone else. I do not believe in any kind of aristocracy or royalty of any kind. I think it's just phony and fake. That's, that's just Primrose talking. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> Down here, it's a different way of life. No wonder you wanted to get away from Primrose. I mean, by the sounds of it, she sounds like a pretty nasty piece of work. And wanted to kill the Prime Minister. Every Prime Minister in the last 30 years. She's killed every <laughs> Prime Minister in the last 30 years. Or attempted to, yes. That's what we're saying. <laughs> She's been a bad woman. I mean, how far will you guys go for the cause? To go green. <laughs> and at that point, Marjorie grabs Mark to the side and whispers. Do you think she suspects anything? Well, not yet. She's... Going along with it quite well, I think. Now, if we can just get her to the temple, I think the sacrifice <laughs> is about to begin. Well, we, sh we should just tell her that that's where she was born and we'll, we'll take her down there and she'll never know. Oh, good plan. Uh, uh, Victoria, Victoria, darling. Um, <clears throat> yeah, yeah, hi. I was just checking out these green um, stickers on the wall and this guy is selling um, bowls of kelp. So that's, um, that's, yeah, I'm just going to eat some kelp. Yeah, sorry, you guys are whispering in the corner. Um, uh, uh, yeah, we, we, we just thought we would take you to, to the place where you were, were born. I was born in a hole. <laughs> I was born underground in a hole. Is that what you're saying? In Moletown. In Moletown. Yes. In Moletown, yeah. Wouldn't you like to see it? I mean... I would love to see the rest of the town, but because you guys desperately want me to go to this place, yeah, sure, I'll go. And with that, the three leave in the direction of the church. They arrive and there's a red glow from each of the windows of the, the, the Moltown's church. Mark holds open the door and all three enter. There's about 500 people seated <laughs> in the church. <laughs> And there's a minister at the front and he has big devil horns on his head. <laughs> <laughs> Victoria tries to turn and run away. Mark and Marge grab her by the arm and pull her to the front of the church where the man with the devil horns throws her down to the bench that's waiting and strap her in. Welcome to the Mole Town Village. Are you ready to be sacrificed for the causes? of green. <laughs> ah, I can't get out of these strips. What the hell have you guys done? You're supposed to be my mother and father. What have you done to me? Just stay calm, Victoria. This is all for the course. Yes, relax. <laughs> Look, okay, Mr. Bob Dylan DJ voice and <laughs> evil woman, I am not going to relax. I do not want to die for this cause. There must be another way. Silence, woman. You will now be sacrificed. <laughs> I'm going to bring this big, sharp dagger and I'm going to plunge it right into the middle of your chest. And then with that, your blood, your royal blood will be poured onto the gears of change. <laughs> what, is, what does that mean? I don't understand. What, what, what the gears, what's the gears of change, guys? Well, yeah, I don't, I don't know. You guys need to tell me what the gears of change are. I imagine yeah, no, it's... Yeah, well, no, tell us what you think it is first. 
Okay, I think it's some sort of, and as she's trying to explain, Victoria is wriggling herself free from her straps. As she's explaining, and unbeknownst to everyone else, she frees herself and jumps at the, the priest with the knife. They grapple until she grabs the knife and holds it to the priest's throat. Okay, guys, enough's enough. Don't come near me or the priest gets it, okay? Victoria, honey, calm down. Calm down. We can, we can resolve this. Oh, yeah? Like I'm going to trust you. A woman who lulled me in saying that she was my mother now was going to flip in, sacrifice me. Yeah, of course I'm going to trust you. Victoria, this is your father speaking. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, go for it. <laughs> Put the knife down, okay? Everything's going to be all right. It's not that sort of sacrifice. It's another sacrifice. Right. It's a sacrifice of your thoughts. <laughs> We're extracting your thoughts. We're going to take them from your brain. <laughs> ah. That sounds horrific. I'm sorry to say. It, it All it takes is to put that knife against your head and the thoughts are removed. Not a drop of blood. It's a, it's a metaphor. Well, you could have said that before. So wait a minute, okay. What you guys say is a sacrifice is actually just me giving up my thoughts that will help drive this machine. Yes, that's true. Because you were so close to Primrose, you have the, you've shared, you've shared brain thoughts, brain waves, <laughs> brain telepathy. Okay. Brain thoughts. Brain thoughts. <laughs> You've got to understand, it's not the same up there, it is down here. With that, she slowly lets the priest go and hands the knife to Mark. Mark holds the knife against the head and all of a sudden, a big white light blinds the room and everyone, the whole 500 people <laughs> that were there to witness all this going on and didn't say anything. <laughs> Gasp. <gasps> As the thoughts come trickling out, all the plans to destroy Moletown and to make sure that Britain doesn't go green all flood out. And while this is happening, the priest is writing them down <laughs> in his book, <laughs> catching each thought. And then the white light dims and Victoria faints again. Mark and Marge pick up Victoria and they take her back to the palace where they live as king and queen, now all reunited as a family. The 500 people come under the balcony and watch when Victoria awakens, they take her to the balcony and royal salute the crowd who cheer so loud. Bits of the walls are crumbling because it's just dirt. <laughs> it's an earthquake. <laughs> <laughs> which creates an earthquake above and collapses the church where Primrose funeral was. That's a 360. That's, that's the end. <laughs> the end. <laughs> oh my God. The end. So that was extraordinary guys. <laughs> Whoa. What an underworld what? there is. <laughs> I know. <laughs> and you know, everyone deals with grief in their in own the way. way. <laughs> so, mm -hmm. It's a book about grief and dealing with grief. And yeah. um, sometimes you need to go to a mole town underground um, and have your thoughts extracted. 
It's a self-help book, really, Adrian. <laughs> There's metaphors all through it. I mean, I think you can tell, right? <laughs> oh man huge metaphors like you know when um the, mm-hmm. they go on the flatbed train to um to mole town that's just the actual journey from one point of grief yeah to another wow. you know it's incredible they're, they're mm. actually bonding and moving forward together as a family it's incredible beautiful <laughs> it's actually it's actually no, number one on the um, grief best-selling books yeah the grief cast yeah <laughs> all right do we have a, a title for this book should we make one up yeah okay one word at a time we the many can change grief <laughs> We the many can change grief. What an amazing book! Wow. It's up there. It's on the bestseller list. Um, what uh, what do we think that the actual title is? Do we know the actual? This book was written by Amanda Prouse. It's called The Day She Came Back. Very ah, nice. Okay. Well, because she did, she, she came back, didn't she? The mum came back. Mm. And Victoria came back to Malta. Yeah. She was born there. It's, and oh wow, it's a double. Uh... <laughs> Many layers to this title. <laughs> very, very it's layer central. Because I'm sure the story is word for word what we what we accurate, just accurate, very accurate. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, absolutely. I don't know why you're even joking about it. It's clearly clearly that's what it is. Amazing. Well, um, let's uh, wrap it up here, guys. Okay, let's do. Thank you, everyone, for joining us this week on the blurb. If you have a favorite book that you want us to absolutely butcher (laughs) (laughs) feel free to email us the address again is the blurbpod at gmail.com you can find more episodes from us wherever you get your podcasts and all the ways to contact us are in the show notes see you next week see you Bye. bye it's the it's the it's the it's the